City Horror. Welcome one back. More, one more again. Again and again. What's up, Matthew? What's up, buddy? Just trying to get past these uh, technical difficulties, man. Right? I mean, we just, we just started here today. We're already having problems. Ah, uh, good times. Good times. One one day it will one day it will be easy. I am I am confident in that. So one of the engineers at work, I hit him up a couple of weeks ago. Hey man, what'd you do this weekend? He's like, oh, I went to the movies. I saw this movie. He's like, uh, he's like, Rinka something. I was like, Oh, Skinner Marink. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, man. I was like, How was it? Like all enthused, you know? Because I'd seen trailers for it, and I was like, I would watch something like that, you know black rainbow or beyond the black rainbow um uh, mandy um you know shit like that like i i'm intrigued by like the off-brand like way out there type films and this kind of reminds me of that and he was like dude he's like that movie was just fucking weird man he's like usually i can sit through a movie but he's like that one was just so fucking weird he's like He's like, I don't recommend it. I was like, great. Can't wait to watch it. He's like, what? I, I love movies like that. So it sounds like I might enjoy it. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Skin of Marink. Um, there's a couple that are uh, okay. Okay. So Skin of Marink's already come out. Fear. Uh, Infinity Pool, which is that um, Brandon Cronenberg film. So it's like David Cronenberg's sons making movies. And this is one of them. Um, Stephen King's new one, The Boogeyman. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that. No. That one was supposed allegedly was supposed to go straight to streaming, but it tested so well in theaters that they're like, nah, we gotta put it out. So it came out in theaters. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but um there's that. The The Forest Hills, which is the one that um Shelley Duvall is in. Have you seen the trailer for that? No. Dude, that shit looks good too. The New Evil Dead. Evil Dead Rises. Yeah, I know about that one, but I haven't. I, I've only seen the teaser for that one. You know, we're going to talk um, about Evil Dead tonight, right? Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> it's going to happen. You know. Okay. Um, and then a couple other ones: Project Wolf Hunting. Uh, there's something wrong with the children. This movie called Blood. I put Scream Six on the list, even though I haven't seen like five, four, or three. Uh, I, I haven't, I haven't watched part five, uh, back when I had my magic app on my phone, um, it, it was labeled scream five, but I don't think it was, I think it was like scream four or something, Mm. but regardless, I know it wasn't the movie that everyone was talking about because everyone swore up and down that, that scream five was a really good one. Well, for a lot of fans or whatever. Um, and I only base it off the fact, I mean, look how quickly they came out with part six. So I, I believe that part five was so much of a success story that they were like, oh, fuck, let's punch out another one. We got people's intrigue again, you know? So um, It is a popular franchise, I'll tell you that. I mean, the last couple of conventions I've been to, like the Scream characters get all the love. Oh, of course, but uh, I just, you know, like, uh, I think it kind of dwindled after, like, part three, because, I don't know. I, I really I don't know. Three, so I wouldn't know. 
spoiler alert, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but part two was so great. What are you talking about? I mean, average par. Uh, you know, we got to see a lot of returning uh, actors and stuff like that, you know, but then they die off type thing and stuff. So it kind of followed the same patterns of the first one and stuff. But then when part three came, you could tell they kind of tried to do a new direction, which nothing wrong with that. You know, what does it always have necessarily have to be two killers at once, like coinciding? I, I don't think so. So I, I think on, I think on part three or was it part four? They decided to go with the singular killer, which, uh, you know, kind of changed things a little bit. And I'm not sure how, you know, these new ones are faring with that and stuff like that. I will say this. Part one was uh, a big, a big stamp on, on the horror franchise. You know, it was one of the last great movies done by, by, uh, Wes Craven. And, um, I mean, I I will admit, I was just talking to a buddy of mine about this the other day. I mean, you got you got your your killers, you know, um, your bad guys from a lot of these movies and stuff, like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. Ghostface does stand out, and the reason why he stands out is because is he not one of the most clumsy motherfuckers you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> the guy is scurrying around, tripping on his own feet, trips over everything, falls into shit. And he's just like one of the most clumsy serial killers I've ever seen. And they just like keep that. They're like, all right, let's keep going with this. You know, what's funny about that is that I never noticed that until you just said it right now. And it makes yeah. absolute sense. <laughs> right. I mean, when you look back, at least the first one, that's what he was doing. Right. Tripping and falling all over the place. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely got his own character traits that I do love. So the clumsy motherfucker. I fucking uh, I love me some Ghostface. I'll tell you the only thing I remember about Part Two is when they made fun of it in Scary Movie, where Marlon Wayne's no, not Marlon, Sean. Oh wait, wait, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, go on. Where he goes to the bathroom. So remember yes. in Part Two, there's that scene where I think they're in the movie theater, right? Yeah, so in the mood, like, I think Jada Pinkett Smith or, or her boyfriend, which was, like, Omar Epps, I think. Like, one of them goes You mean it the... wasn't Will Smith delivering the slap? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it was Omar Epps, and he goes to the bathroom, and, like, he hears something on the door, and then, like, like the killer plunges the knife through the wall or the, the barricade or whatever, whatever, the partition, and he stabs him in the ear. But mm -hmm. in Scary Movie, it's Sean Wayne's, and there's like a glory hole, and the dude sticks his <laughs> yeah. dick through his ear. <laughs> yeah. And he comes out the other side of his head. <laughs> that's right. That's, I totally that's forgot the about that. the only thing I remember about <laughs> Scary Movie 2 because of, or I'm, I'm because of, uh, sorry, it's the only thing I remember of Scream 2 because of Scary Movie. <laughs> good times uh, yeah fuck yeah what <laughs> dude i i love those guys they say what you will but scary movie one and two were fucking great um i'm gonna get you sucker uh don't be a menace all those movies are fucking those are they're so great i love them absolutely oh don't don't forget I mean, come on! You got you got to give uh, uh, Scary Movie three some credit. I think that's the one where they tried to go with the village and shit, right? 
Uh, maybe. It was like it was like the village and signs and a bunch of different other That's things. That's the first one where the Wayne's brothers were out, right? I don't know. Yeah, probably there was a lot of there were some returning actors, of course, playing different different roles. But I I just remember that part where they're about to fight the aliens, and like they're all like, "Hey, somebody call up the boys!" And the leader of the boys is Macy Gray. <laughs> And there was like four, like like four members of the Wu Tang Clan and shit, like nice. backing her up. And they didn't even get to fighting the aliens because they got into an argument and they end up shooting each other. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, um, hilarious slapstick aside, we're here to, tonight to talk about one movie and one movie in particular. What movie is that, Matt? We're going to be talking about Intruder. Give us our intro. Oh, yes. So tonight, the monsters are running amok. And we're running for that theater where the marquee now reads Intruder. Good evening, Walnut Lake Shoppers. It's closing time. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. But the night crew still has work to do. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No. This creep keeps calling you. He's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. <gasps> Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. <gasps> You're crazy! In fact, he wants to chop. Until they all drop. I saw him kill Linda. <gasps> And now, he's turning their retail store... There's gonna be one more killing here tonight. ...into a wholesale slaughterhouse. I'm just crazy about this store. Intruder. A movie from I don't know what year. 89. Uh 89. So there you go. So I picked this movie. Okay. And I picked it at random. And it was funny because when you told me you're like, ah, another full moon movie, I was like, no, full moon had nothing to do with this, at least not that I was aware of. And I have the full moon channel. In my Amazon Prime. So when I went to watch it, it wouldn't pull up in Shutter. Like Shutter was tripping one day. So I was like, well, Matt says it's full moon. I'll go to the full moon channel in Prime. Searched it. It wasn't there. I could rent it for a dollar ninety nine, but it wasn't in the full moon catalog. But then when I finally watched it on Shutter, it opens with full moon pictures. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I'm looking at the Wikipedia and the it was distributed by Empire Pictures. And I think that was the production company before Full Moon. But yeah, it had to be because it was founded by Charles Band. So, but it was defunct in 1988. So this movie came out in 89. When did Full Moon start? It had to have been later 80s. Either way. Um, 
It wasn't officially released by Full Moon. It was it was released by Empire International, which then he left and be, he started Full Moon. So, yes, technically right. you're not wrong. Interesting. Yeah, but nonetheless, what do you think about it? I I thought it was okay. Um, I kind of a new setting for us, right? I mean, um. I'm not gonna lie. I, I liked I liked uh, a bit of it. I, I definitely liked some of the kill scenes. I thought it was a really good um, good horror film. Uh, definitely not another one that uh, yet another one that we shouldn't take too seriously. But um, you know, I don't think it was meant for that anyway. I don't take any horror movie <laughs> seriously. Well, especially I don't know. ones that wind up on this show. You know, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was intrigued by like some of the cast surrounding the movie. I don't know if you took a look at that, but like, so looking at the IMDP page, IMDB page, sorry, Michael Myers got me drunk over here. Got it. He's always a good drinking buddy. <laughs> yeah, you'll end up at the end of the night throwing knives at a wall and shit. <laughs> um, there's a character in this movie called named Randy. I don't remember. Yes. I don't remember which there were a, they. So this one had a lot of characters. So Ra- Randy was uh, okay. Well, for all you horror fans out there, there are two familiar brothers in this movie, and. We know them as the Raimis. This is why we had talked about a certain shout out to the Evil Dead um, franchise because Sam Raimi is the uh, godfather of that. Um, and uh, Ted Raimi is always, is notorious for kind of shadowing um, Sam Raimi. So usually anything that Sam Raimi does or is part of um, traditionally, you'll probably get a bit of Ted Raimi in there. It's kind of like uh, um, the Howard brothers, Ron Howard and Clint Howard. Yeah, but do you ever see them together? You don't like see them screen? together, but usually stuff that Clint Howard, that Robert, wait, hold on. <laughs> uh, what was the first one? Who's Opie? Uh, that would be Ron Howard. Ron, not Rob. Yeah, Ron, yeah. Usually with stuff that Ron Howard does, he'll throw Clint well, in there every once in a while. Here's a bit of a fun thing. For some reason, I don't know why this happens to me, but when I think of Ron Howard, I somehow get him mixed up with L. Ron Hubbard, and I, I don't know why. I'm like two totally different. I, you know, I I don't know why that happens, but that shit does happen. Okay. Um, yeah, you got Clint Howard, you got Ron Howard. Um, you like you said, their their names might be like within the same confine. Like one's probably a producer versus an actor, which usually it's kind of. Clint Howard being the actor and Ron Howard, maybe the director somewhere behind the scenes. Yeah. Somewhere um, he's, he's a director. Well, not in everything, but like, I'm sure he's, you know, like, um, you know, he's produced movies that Clint okay. Howard weren't whatever the case may be. I gotcha. Um, whereas, uh, Ted Raimi, um, sometimes we'll, we'll squeeze himself or Sam Raimi will sometimes squeeze himself in there. Um, but most notably, he usually casts Ted Raimi in there somewhere. Um, 
and this is one of those rare occasions we actually got both brothers you know uh, acting in the same movie uh playing a role together yeah so, yeah. so randy randy is actually sam raimi um i believe ted ted raimi is labeled produce joe or something like yeah, that yeah he was a dude with the bottle the coke bottle glasses wearing the headphones like right, that right scene right. where he's eating the watermelon and making that stupid fucking face where he's like oh, like a like a cow chewing cud and shit. Yeah, he's <laughs> so good. And I love the Raimis. I always will. And then you know they've done you know like Xena uh, together and all that stuff. And they'll both play parts. But but Ted is always the funny one to me. Like he's always just like you say, always playing some kind of strange kind of character and right. stuff. Right. <laughs> Again, knock him for that. I believe he made an appearance in Evil Dead 2. He was in both Evil Deads as a fake Well, I don't know if he was in the original, but I know he was actually in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Uh, Evil Dead 2, I believe he played the woman, the the, the zombie woman in the basement. And um, I don't know if he had any other roles besides that, but... On Army of Darkness, he actually played one of the knights. Mm, I'm going to trust you on that because your Evil Dead knowledge is a lot more diverse than mine is. Well, I mean, and it's not its not even just the Evil Dead thing because I'm a nerd. I, I sat there and I watched Xena Warrior Princess and stuff like that. So I've had a lot of screen time sharing with these guys. You know, so Ted Raimi officially in the Evil Dead from 1981. Okay, he played fake Shemp, which is uh, so he played fake Shemp in the Evil Dead. Then uh, he was in Evil Dead Two as uh, possessed Henrietta, mm-hmm. and then he was also in um, Army of Darkness. But after he did Evil Dead Two. He did a movie called um, Blood Rage, which for our Thanksgiving episode, when we did uh, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. if we didn't do Thanksgiving, it was going to be Blood Rage. So now that interesting I, enough, and, and when I went to CreepyCon, um, we there was some mutual friends that had come up from um, San Diego and their son was talking about. Blood rage. So we talked about that for a second, and now that I see this here, I think I need. I think the next one, or at least somewhere down the line, we need to watch Blood Rage because it's come up a couple times. So for Ted Raimi, it went Evil Dead Two, then Blood Rage, then uh, Intruder. So a nice little like uh, kind of combination right there. Yeah. Okay, so Sam Raimi's in it, right? He plays Randy. Ted mm-hmm. Raimi's in it. He plays Produce Joe. The two cashiers, there's um, Linda and there's um, Jennifer. Jennifer's kind of like the main of the two. She ends up being like the final girl. Um, yeah, the final girl. The other one, Linda, is played by an actress named Renee Estevez, brother to a uh, sister to Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because I was like trying to. I was like, I've either either seen her before or she reminds me of somebody, and I didn't really 
uh, do my research there. I just kind of figured I'd find out, you know, while we're doing this podcast. And there we go. Yeah. Now, now, now it makes sense. Now, j- kind of jumping ahead a little bit, there's some cops that show up at the end, like towards the end of the movie. There's two I cops. I already know where this is going. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I already well, know where this hold is going. Hold on. So there's a pair of cops that show up first. Older cops. One of them is play, yeah. uh, Officer Matthews, and the other one is uh, Abernathy, I think. And Matthews is played by an actor named Tom Lester, and the other one, Abernathy, is played by Emil Sitka. Or was it? No, was it him? No, no, no. Alvy Moore played Officer Dalton. Tom Lester played Officer Matthews. My apologies. Alvy Moore and Tom Lester, they they struck me as like, a buddy comedy group, almost like a Abbott and Costello type. So I looked them up while I was watching the movie. Turns out both of them come from the show Green Acres, which I know was super popular back in the day. I've never seen it, but it was interesting to me that they both came from Green Acres. So I would imagine if I looked into it a little bit more, there's probably some history with them in that show before this movie. But then after that, Two more different cops show up at the very end, and one of them is who? Well, we got a cameo there by uh, Bruce Campbell, very young baby face Bruce Campbell. Which I, I, you know, I a lot of a lot of the uh, movies, um, like, like this, and and it was no surprise to me, by the way, when when I saw that, um, it usually happens that way wherever there's a Raimi. You might have a cameo with with, with uh, Bruce Campbell. I, it just happens sometimes. Um, they're all friends, so they all kind of you know work together and stuff. And it's always kind of been that way. I did also want to bring up another movie I didn't bring up that had the two brothers in it, but I thought deserves a little bit of credit. By the way, I don't know if you remember this, a movie called Dark Man. Yes. All right, that was a Sam Raimi movie. Again, it had Ted Raimi. Tim Ra- I, I remember Ted Raimi had a very iconic death scene where Dark Man was holding him up, uh, where his head was sticking up out of the uh, sewer, and the car ran over his head. Nice. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that scene from uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. They did the same thing, right? Uh, yes, but instead of driving into him, they more... Pulled uh, pulled Ricky Ricky's head off, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah, they they pulled it off with the uh, chicken wire and shit. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. It was I, like a news of chicken I swear wire. They ran it. Well, okay. Either way, that was like their executional move. Okay, but that's not it. As far as like. The cameos go. Did you happen to catch like a special effects credit in the opening? Uh, no, I, I don't believe I have. Do you know who Greg Nicotero is? No, I don't believe I do. Okay. So Greg Nicotero um, is known for doing the special effects, special effects and the makeup for The Walking Dead. Okay. So he did special effects on this movie, and was he also had like a quick cameo spot. He was uh, 
credited as townie in car. So I think at a certain point, maybe they showed a car with somebody in it. Greg, that was Greg Nicotero, but he did the special effects. Or he, I, oh, then I know exactly who it was. Um, probably that. We'll get to that scene eventually, but he was probably that dude that tried to come into the store after hours, thinking that they were going to be open. Like, ah, oh, it's closed, right? That's um, the only thing I can maybe because I know there was a guy that tried to deliver bread. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if he was delivering newspapers or bread, but yeah, yeah, there was that the guy, guy who too. was delivering bread is Scott Spiegel, who directed the movie, who also directed things like um, the second and third. Uh, no, the second from dusk till dawn. He directed the third hostel, I think, um, but has directed some other like um, I think he directed like a short. Oh, fuck, what was it? Sam Raimi early shorts is the credit. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. So he's got a little bit of a history with those guys too. So, but yeah, uh, some really good names and some really good talent associated with this movie. Mm-hmm. And you can tell with some of the cinematography, a lot of the shots where they kind of like angle it to the left or they angle it to the right. Uh, and I was going to talk in. about that. Oh, okay, actually. cool, 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 cool. I just wanted to say this is one of those movies uh, that likes to make unusual camera views into the line that crosses experimental and art house ways a little too commonly, if you ask me. I mean, I I, I get it. I I get what you're going for. But there's nearly almost every shot that they're doing that. And I'm all like, all right, we get it. You got some good camera ideas. Yeah. (laughs) But. God bless these assholes for making it. <laughs> and we for that, we love you. So uh, give us a synopsis on the movie, Matt. So it's a, it's a slasher film um, that takes place uh, during the wee hours of a, a closing time for a local grocery store. Um, and the, the main characters are, um, well, they're, you know, they're cleaning up, they're doing their thing throughout the night, and uh, an intruder comes in to start picking them off one by one. And there we have just about the easiest synopsis I can give you about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, orig- of course, we're going to get into the details like we always do. Original, yeah, originally titled The Night Shift, but officially released as uh, Intruder. The, and I'm glad they didn't go with that title, by the way. This, because well, that was a I mean, it made word. sense because the 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 crew in the grocery store kept referring to themselves as the night shift, like they are the night shift of the grocery store. So it made right, sense. Right. But I think the studio wanted something a little bit more compelling, something a little bit more horror-ish. So they're like, if you go with intruder, that sounds like more like scary. There's a scarier tone to that. So that's oh what yeah. They went with. But um, yeah, we we the movie opens with um, you know kind of uh, closing hours of the grocery store, like you'd mentioned. Um, the grocery store is uh, what the fuck is the name of this store? It's like Farmer's Ranch or some shit no. like that. <laughs> no, yeah, seriously, I, I was uh... Ranch Market. Actually, 
Um, okay, yeah, Ranch Market, that's right. The official name of the grocery store is Walnut Lake Market, which is um, the director's... He The director based this whole story on his experience of working the night shift at a grocery store in Michigan. So, lo and behold, the story takes place, or the movie takes place, in a grocery store in Michigan at during the night shift. Um, but the movie, so the movie opens, we kind of getting the last glimpses of, uh, you know, some patrons checking out. Um, there's two cashiers at the front. That's Jennifer and um, the Estevez girl. Oh, fuck, what was her name? Let's just call her Sister Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Linda. And I remember when I was watching the movie, I kept having to remember Linda, Linda, listen, Linda, listen, Linda. So it was Linda. You ask me any of the characters' names in there, I could barely tell you. There was, idea. yeah, I could tell there you was what too roles they them. played. You know, there's the owner, there's the uh, manager, there's Produce Joe. And of course, I'm going to remember the Raimi's names just because I was intrigued and I, I wanted to make sure I, I got their characters correctly. So, so there's Randy and there's Produce Joe, right? Okay. Right. But then there's also Danny, Dave, Bub, and Tim. Do you remember which was which? No, but I do know that there's one guy I referred to as Loverboy, and the reason why I do because he was the one that was uh, trying to set up a date with the uh, with, with the, the final girl. With, with, oh you know? yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So yeah, you're right. So that's why I kind of gave him that that uh, that uh, nickname. Um, <laughs> then you got the uh, you know. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'll get too far into it. Then we'll, no, it's we'll fine. Right. But so, uh, as as you said, they're they're uh, they're closing up shop. I, I like the attention to detail. Some of the shoppers, I I, I don't know why I've fixated on the guy with the toilet paper and shit that's looking at the shelf, you know, and sort of decides, ah, all right, I'll just get this toilet paper. And he's like <laughs> headed towards the, uh, he's headed towards the cashier, which, like you said, is our our final girl, uh, uh, Jennifer, right? You said yes, and. Uh, you know, he's buying, uh, you know, his tidbit and right behind him is her ex-boyfriend, Craig. We got a lot to say about this. All right. For one thing, Jennifer, seemingly an innocent looking girl. Uh, this guy, your typical role of, of, you know, he's got the five o'clock shadow. He's got the uh, the white T-shirt, you know, the leather jacket and all. It's like, okay. He remind me of Johnny Depp from Crybaby. Okay, or or any other, you know, like greaser, like a badass, like you know, like guy that gets into trouble. He's even got that like demeanor and like the, <laughs> the you know the. So uh, you know, she sees him, and then she's like, she's shocked at what she sees. She's not expecting to see him, and uh, he goes grumbling on about it. He's like, oh, why haven't you returned my calls? And. I, I actually brought that up in one of my notes too was uh, she's all, I haven't checked my answers or my messages on my answering machine in two days. Yeah. I think that's funny. It, it does put a timestamp on it and stuff like that. It also brings me back to the times when before we had like caller ID and stuff like that on our phones, uh, the, there was a box that people would leave messages on and stuff. And <laughs> It was just kind of funny because it was just like, wow, you got an answering machine? Like, holy shit. Yeah, that went when, when it man. was a thing. Doing good. Yeah. 
So for all the for all you kids out there don't know what a fucking answering machine is, well there you go. It was some machine that would be connected to your phone and you would have messages on it. And typically you'd probably listen to all of them at once and stuff from the last week or so. So shit like that does happen. <laughs> okay. So in the beginning scene, there's a there's a man, an old man who's kind of like at the register buying mm-hmm. a bunch of groceries, right? And the final girl, Jennifer, is like cashing them out. She's, you know, putting all his groceries in a paper bag and then she hands it to him and he, you know, picks it up and it all falls out from the bottom. And he's like, what? What's going on? And they put it in a plastic bag and he, he gives it to her. She gives it to him to walk away. And then uh, I think that's where like Loverboy had come over and he says to them, uh, hold hands, you lovebirds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so right. So it turns out that that character is played by an actor named Emil Sitka, who is famous for being in like a bunch of Three Stooges sketches. And one of his lines from one of those sketches is join hands or hold hands, you lovebirds. So I think he they let him just kind of work it in to kind of help identify who he was because, you know, the shit is made so much longer after, you know, the Three Stooges era. But I thought that was kind of cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves. They're closing up. Um, Bad boy Craig shows up. In his leather jacket and his cool haircut, mm-hmm. and he starts Buying harassing. Dollar thirty five cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, dude, shit was so cheap in the eighties. It's fucking ridiculous. I know, man. I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> I want to." Okay, I'm a smoker, ladies and gentlemen. Not not my my pride, proudest moments in my life, but I will tell you this, man. If I had a chance to jump through that screen to get dollar thirty five cigarettes and shit, I I would jump for it. Like, <laughs> oh shit! Let me catch that while they're on sale. So he starts harassing her, and um, the Estevez girl, Linda, starts hitting like this like internal silent alarm that rings in the office, and this is where we cut to the owners of the store, right? So that is, um, damn, what was the name of the owners? I figure one of them's like the actual owner, and the other one's like the manager, but they 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 split the business, as he said, forty nine fifty one. Right, so um, Bill Roberts is one of them, played by Dan Hicks. He's the one that owns 49% of the store. I just don't remember who the other one was. It's got to be Danny, Eugene Robert Glazer. It's got to be Danny because I'm looking at... Yes, yes it is. Was it Okay, so I, Danny was yeah, the majority owner. I do owner. recall now. Danny mm-hmm. was the majority o- o- owner. He um, owns 51% of the store. And Bill is the one who owns 49% of the store. So they're talking about contracts. They get the sign of the alarm. He, you know, he wants to go check on the girls, but Danny's like, dude, come on. We're like doing work. And it's so funny. Their office setup reminded me of like a space in which like you would just be doing Coke in and like listening to music and smoking cigarettes. Like that's or the vibe really, that I got from that office. Yeah. Or like a really bad, uh, bad interrogation room setting for like <laughs> yeah. something cheap like this you know like it's got it's, it's got this singular light overhead and stuff it's like dim in the background and 
Yeah, totally. Very ominous setting. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or some shit. <laughs> so, but gotta love it. Um, so, Bill comes down and tries He's to. All, at least let me check on the girls, right? Yeah. So, so, he looks through the window. He sees that there's a little kerfuffle happening downstairs. So, he comes down to try to help um, Jennifer stay away, you know, trying to like remediate the situation. And bad boy Craig starts getting crazy and he's like, he starts fighting all the guys in the store and like, yeah, he's kicking turns into all their Roadhouse. asses though. He is kicking all their asses. Everybody who tried to come fight this dude got fucking well, whooped. It, he got all grabby and shit uh, with the final girl. And uh, uh, in fact, I, I want to say it was Loverboy, right? That came out to try to try to come to her aid because he was starting to get real handsy and stuff. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, so he yeah, he came first and comes at him. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, followed by, uh, like I said, like a, a, a roadhouse type fight, fighting scene. There's just punches being thrown and shit. But it's such, the- it's so, the choreography <laughs> is so bad because it's like, I'm going to take my time to like wind my fist back and then I'm oh, going to yeah. like come at you and you're going to be like, oh, and then like they're trading punches with each other. But like <laughs> it's timed so long that like, how would you not see that punch coming? Get out of the way, like move. But yeah, I don't know. It's I think it's like the modern equivalent to like pugilism or something like that. You know, <laughs> where the guys are like, <laughs> you know, put him in nukes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but so so we got you know he's he's fighting lover boy. Other people are grabbing at him. Uh, Bill, you know, who wanted to check on the women, came out of the woodworks. Bill's like uh, I don't know mid forties something guy and stuff. He's got the cowboy boots and shit like that, and the blue jeans and stuff. You know this guy's ready to kick. He's like, I've been to bars before. I'm ready for this. But he just comes out and starts delivering blows, right? Yeah. It's just like punches back and forth. Like the good old punch sounds that we used to get. In oh, movies. yeah. I noticed that too. <laughs> and well, here we go. Yeah, you got the little. <laughs> you know, this is like the, the pounding sound. Like, you're like, all right, cool. I'm like, am I watching the right movie? <laughs> Yeah, they just they just have at it, right? So they finally like stop. Craig is starting to realize, all right, there's like nine dudes here now, so like I might get stomped out. So they end up getting him out of the store and they lock the doors and they're you know, uh Jennifer goes to call the police. We see she's got a bloody nose, she got hit in the kerfuffle or whatever. Um, and then we start to get like a tour of the store, right? So we get to see all the different departments. So we see um one of the dudes kind of walking through eating some of the cookies off the shelf, which I was like, damn, does he just like reclose the box and then put it back on the shelf? That'd be fucked up if somebody bought that box of cookies and only had like half of it in it. It's a thing nowadays, too. I guess. <laughs> well, but, I mean, uh, especially nowadays, they have to like double wrap everything and stuff like that because people find their food open and stuff when they go to purchase well, it. And especially stuff like with like um, Uber Eats and shit, you know? Postmates? Yeah. People yeah, for sure. That's fucking weird, man. I've seen some bad videos on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get it we get some stuff in the back of the store, right? So we see like um um 
this, yeah, we like, begin to see how everyone operates. Locker, mm-hmm. yeah. So they have like a bunch yeah. of like hanging meat because they have. There's a butcher that's there, but like the meat's like. I get the impression that it's not. I don't know. This room is like, it's got like totes, but then it's also like hanging meat that's just like bloody, and it's just like I get what you were going for, but like uh, I don't know that a grocery store would actually hang their meat like that, or even hang meat at all. I mean, maybe grocery stores were different back in the day, but I think they were. But then again. This doesn't seem like the kind of place that the FDA really got too involved with anyway. So. <laughs> and it, it, it kind of goes partial to the thing. It looks like some kind of small market kind of thing that they don't give really give rats ass. Yeah, I like how you yeah you have you have the different people operating and doing their thing, and then you had that that scene. I don't know why it just uh, I I want to say was like uh, probably the first appearance of Ted Raimi that we had was when he came sliding down the little. The, the veggie shoot thing yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just comes in he's like whoop just yeah. swoops on in i forgot who he's talking to was it the lover he boy was talking to lover boy yeah all right so he's talking to him and he's all like oh yeah court craig so-and-so was here and stuff like that he was harassing you know jennifer and stuff and he's like oh i know that guy yeah 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 like i remember we got into a fight i kicked his ass <laughs> yeah. and then he was all yeah he was here at the store he's just like oh Oh, you know, I I, I'm getting the impression there that he's kind of telling a little bit of a fib. He probably got his ass kicked and stuff. And he's like, ah, shit, don't want them to find out the truth. It's probably worth mentioning uh, this little small factoid that we overlooked um, by getting to the point where we're where we're at is that once they kick the home dude out of the store and they lock the doors, they had a little bit of like a meeting. And this is where we found out that. See, I thought that came later. Did but, it? Hold right. on, hold on. I'm kind of skimming through the movie right now. Yeah, because at some point he, I want to say oh, after the fight right. he you're was right. yeah you're he right. wasn't kicked out he would he wasn't kicked out yet he disappeared. You're right. And so that's that's what they were talking about because he's, they went looking for the him. Building. They went looking right. for him in the store. That's why we see all the different departments. That's where we start meeting all the characters because they go on a scavenger hunt looking for Craig. Yeah, that one guy suggests, "Oh, I know where he's at. He's got to be uh okay, let's in the get attic. that guy." In yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 guy's like I I guess he's like the stoner guy or he's just not all there, right? He's just like yeah. Uh, he's like a big goofy dumb boy. I think he was the one that know? was eating the cookies in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally fits his mo. He's like, oh yeah, I know where he's at. He probably went to the uh, the uh, the attic or something like that. And that uh, Bill was all like, oh well, let's go there and find him and shit. And he's all, come on, you know. So they go over there. And he tries to go up the ladder and fucking the last plank falls off on him. So he right. falls on his back and shit. And he's right. all like. Good luck to him getting down. I was like, it's one fucking ladder rung. Like, I'm sure anybody can get around that, but okay. <laughs> so while everyone is looking for him, Jennifer is calling the police. And it's funny because she's on hold for like 10 minutes. And every yeah. time they're like, 911, please hold. She's like, <laughs> what kind of fucking crazy response is for an emergency call? Yeah. Right? <laughs> So she finally hangs up the phone because uh, Craig comes back and like walks in on her and he's harassing her again. And that's when everybody comes back out and they grab him. And that's when they throw him out of the store. 
So yeah. they all convene at the, the check stand and they're talking about, you know, you safe, you good, you know, hey, while we're all here, we got to tell you, um, you know, we need your help marking everything down to 50%. And they're like, everything? Like, why? And that's where Dave is like, we're selling the store. Can't handle it anymore. You know, we, we, we thought about it long and hard. We just, we got to sell. So apologies. I Oh, I think it was because they were like, damn, we all deserve raises after this shit. And they're like, well, funny you mentioned that you're all losing your jobs at the end of the month. <laughs> and uh, Bill's all like, oh, hear him out, though. Hear him out. We, we, we got good news for you. Yeah, you get, you a, get a little bit of a bonus. Get a little bit of a bonus. Yeah, but like also at the same time. But this time next month, we're going to be closed up. They yeah. Didn't, they didn't give much of a notice, right? So now the task for the night is to go around and mark everything down 50%. And so the gang, you know, sitting around, they're talking. I, I just can't believe everyone's all bummed. They're all like, oh man, we, we just love this job so much. I'm like, really? Did you, did you really love it that much? I, I mean, mean, I don't know. Maybe. I, I very rarely ever see a workforce that teams bends together so well, but I guess if you get a workforce, a bunch of youngsters and slightly perverted, uh, management and stuff like that, you might have yourself a little horror family in a grocery store. I will tell you, this is, you know, this is not like a corporate owned grocery store. It's not a chain, right? So like, absolutely. usually not, yeah. when you get those like family businesses, that's where like people are like, yeah, I fucking love this place. I could say right. that cause that's kind of how it is at work for me. Like the, the company I work for is not a corporate uh, entity. It is something some guy built in his garage 30 years ago and it's turned into this, you know, almost 50 plus employee we occupy two buildings like it's very much like anti-corporate so you know i fucking i love it but i, I don't want to work anywhere else so i i get that part of it um so i can understand that but you know the gang's still kind of you know sulking you know they're all saying their goodbyes to each other what are you gonna do you know one guy's like fuck it i'll just go on unemployment it's cool <laughs> i was like not a bad plan that was the cookie eater, right? Uh, yeah. It. Yeah. The stoner dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we see, you know, as they're kind of panning away to different things, that fucking Craig is standing at the front door, still like staring in, trying to get Jennifer back. And he spent his whole time like, dude, I fucking love you. Oh, no, no, be no. But you. before before that, though, he tried calling, right? Uh, yeah, at a certain point, he, he tries calling, too. He tried calling the store. Uh, you know, he was outside, and he was using a phone booth. Yeah. The we don't phone. ever see anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's also um, worth noting, too, like, okay, so why is he there, though? Why did he just show up out of fucking nowhere all randomly this night to try to get her back? Because well, this is a key she, component to the movie. Well, she, yeah, she, and she explained to the other girl, the sister Estevez girl, yep. um, Linda, he, she was explaining to her, she's all, well, what's with that dude, right? And she's all like, oh, well, you know, she said everything that we can anticipate she was going to say, well, you know, he just got out of prison. All right. About a year ago or something, you know, like, okay, what are you going to prison for? No, I think he about. just, I think he just got out. That's what I'm saying. So being in prison and, for a year. Yeah, Not and then uh, she's all like, well, why? Why was he in prison? And she's like, well, you know, he got a little aggressive with something. She's all, I could see that. And he, yeah, he kind of accidentally killed somebody. 
Yeah. Some guy I'm like, was man, like, what better times back then, I guess, right? <laughs> some guy if was I like accidentally murder somebody like while I'm, you know, like in, in some kind of fight and shit. Like it's good to know that I only get about a year yeah. and a little bit yeah. of parole afterward. <laughs> but ah, uh, the eighties. <laughs> so so yeah, uh, you know, um, but he made that phone call. And it disturbed Jennifer. And then the phone rang again. She's like, ah, don't bother picking it up. It's going to be him again. And then that's when, like you said, he's standing at the door and shit like that. I was like, man, he's quick with it. To right. go from that 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 booth to like standing right there like a fucking weirdo and shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, they already called the cops. Like, what are you still <laughs> doing there, right? You're, you're on parole. I mean, come on. Like. I'm sure you got to, you know, report to somebody and stuff like that. I don't think you harassing your ex-girlfriend is going to look good on your, you know, departure from the, from, from the, uh, prison from, I was going to try to think of a good word for it, but yeah, the prison, the dog house, whatever the big house, whatever the, case, the big house. Yeah. yeah let's call go. it the big house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, he's standing there staring at him creepily and yeah, I forgot. So from there, we just see a lot of like um, kind of character development. We're meeting a lot of the different characters, understanding their personalities, like not really a lot kind of going on. Everybody's still talking about what they're going to do. And then uh, Dave calls for break or Bill does one of them do because they're, they're the bosses. And I thought this was interesting. They all convene for like dinner in the break room. Yeah, yeah, that was also you, just like you said, very interesting. Uh, never got called on the intercom. Was like, all right, break time, guys. Yeah, yeah. And they're sitting there, around the table, and Bill is telling this story about oh, what the fuck being a firefighter. Well, yeah. Somehow they talked. They brought up about being a firefighter. Um, and Bill was like, oh, yeah, I volunteered one time or I used to volunteer as a firefighter and blah, blah, blah. And he's telling the story of a man named Parker or something like that. Bill uh, was it fucking Bill Parker. Oh, shit. Yeah. But part. Yeah. Do you remember the story? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently this guy would fight fires and stuff like that. Or he, well, they, they got called to uh, a, an accident or some. I wasn't sure if it was a murder. I don't think it was a murder. I just think if somebody accidentally got decapitated, but whatever the case was, they were responding to it. Um, they, they came to the scene uh, where there was a body that was beheaded. And uh, you know, the, the fireman Parker guy apparently was uh, doing things with his hamburger in hand and stuff. Right. Give her up though. What? Too dangerous. Well, not that it was too dangerous. Mind you, we didn't always just put out fires. A lot of times we get called out in accidents, and I'm here to tell you, that last accident I was at was enough to make anybody give her up. Well, what happened? Not that I'm interested, but he's going to tell us anyway. Well, what happened was, we was all sitting around a station one evening having dinner, and we got this call that there'd been an accident out of Nine Mile Middle Belt. So we all dropped what we was eating and run out of the station. Well, that is everybody except for goddamn Parker. Took his hamburger right with him. And the first thing we get to the scene there, the first thing we see is this headless corpse laying right in the middle of the road. And they can't find the guy's head. Oh, that's <laughs> sick. Guy lost his head. <laughs> so Parker goes walking off down Nine Mile looking for the head. Still eating his goddamn hamburger. So everybody, everybody just gets through. They get themselves composed a little bit so they can do something constructive. 
They walked between the engine and the squad where the, where the accident was, and they got off with putrescences laying there and everything. And here comes fucking Parker. Walking down nine miles, swinging the head by the hair in one hand, and his hamburger in the other, and he's still eating it! Oh. And of course, needless to say, everybody just lost their cookies. Do you know what's funny about that story? What's that? It's not an original story. That okay. story has been told in another movie before. Before this one. Really? Want to guess which one? You'll never guess, but you can try. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of movies in, during the the time frame we have here. I don't. I can go through a lot of them, but I don't really recall. So that story is from Raising Arizona. So I'm gonna take a crack at this and say. Nah, all right. I was gonna, I was gonna suggest that it was the uh, that one dorky guy at the barbecue telling the story. <laughs> yeah, no, that... no, okay, no, all right, no, but I know what you're talking about that. Yeah, uh, the guy uh, came back to get name, like dude? fucking like 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 some money for his broken nose and shit. Yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it thought it would have been that it guy. Was, yeah, it was his boss or his wife. Or his, yeah, it was his boss or something. No, no, no. This is when. Um, uh, what's his name? Fucking John Goodman. No, the Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, where right. he works at some factory, and he's like working on some machine, and there's some old guy kind of like off to the side telling him a story. I'm gonna play it for you. Hopefully, you can hear it on the microphone. Hold on, real quick. So we're doing paramedical work in affiliation with the state highway system. Not actually practicing, you understand. And me and Bill are patrolling down nine miles. Bill Roberts? No, not that mother scratcher. Bill Parker. Anyway, we're approaching the wreck, and there's this spherical object resting in the highway. And it's not a piece of the car. So here's Bill walking down nine miles. That's Bill Parker, you understand? He's got his sandwich in one hand and the fucking head in the other. (laughs) (laughs) That's like... Word by word, exactly the same <laughs> yeah. story. Like they didn't even change the dude's name. Man, and, and 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 shout out to relevance here because as we had said that when he was telling the story, he did say a hamburger, not a sandwich, but that actually kind of coincides with what happens later on, right? There's a reason why this story's even getting brought up in the first place. It does play a role later on in <laughs> yeah. the film. It just it, it makes me miss that movie. That movie's so fucking good, man. Raising oh, Arizona dude, I will always love fucking Raising Arizona. <laughs> it is definitely one of the most classic, like original movies of all time. Totally untouchable. Right. I will always be a huge fan. Remember yeah. that big old fucking dirty bounty hunter and shit with the baby, yeah. the the, ba- <laughs> the the baby shoes on his fucking motorcycle and shotgun on his back. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like, uh, while they're, uh, I wanted to bring this up because like, like, so we're, we're at the break and like you said, they're all kind of gathered around. He's telling the story. You got the guys eating their food. There's a lot of shit. Like, I'm guessing this is lunch break. Probably not like, you know, your typical 10, 15 minute break, but they all seem to be gathered around. You got the guys smoking cigarettes in there and stuff and I just I can only imagine what it was like back in those days. You just smoked cigarettes anywhere and shit like that, and 
you know, I just, I, I kind of, I, I vividly like pictured like the whole thing in, in my head. I even smelled the cigarette smoke, you know, with the food and stuff like that. I, I like how movies do this to you sometimes. They kind of suck you in. But uh, at that moment, they after he tells the story, they get startled and uh, turns out there's somebody at the door. And this is where we meet the first two cops. Yeah, the of the dudes movie. from Green Acres. Yeah, the yeah. dudes from Green Acres. And I did make it a note about this. I was like, these are probably the most unfit cops that I've ever seen in my life. You got the little old man who could barely see, and then you got the big, tall, lengthy fuck that's got no fucking muscle and shit like that. Tell me, man, Abbott and Costello vibes for sure. <laughs> these guys don't do not look like they'd be intimidating officers. They come in, I like what what happened here oh this this happened so and so blah 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 all right well just give us a call later if uh you know he comes back or whatever right right. and then they go back to doing what they wanted to do there's this is my conundrum about the thing i'm thinking for i'm thinking for the workforce here i'm like there because they all they all came out when the cops were there and stuff like that and he's all like all right let's get back to it and they all go back uh either to the break room or whatever my question is does that take part of their break time <laughs> you're one of those because I, I would huh? be like you know hey wait wait a second that's like five minutes taken off of my break man like, yeah you're one of those union assholes where you're like oh union rules say <laughs> hey, i gotta start my break all over again because i had to work during my break so i gotta start all over <laughs> Or or either that or pay me for like two hours or something just for that. You know, Man, like, missed missed meal time penalty. <laughs> hey man, I, I'm I'm just you know I, I'm the voice of the work workforce at this moment. Yeah, man of the people. That's what Matt is. <laughs> so they all go back to work afterwards, right? And then right. this is where we see um, listen, Linda. She's like pulling up with a shopping cart full of shit, right? And either she's buying this stuff at a discounted rate because it's all 50% now, or I think she's just walking out with it. Either way, um, she goes to her car to like load up her, her trunk with groceries and she hears all these noises. And it's this is the first time we're like kind of seeing the outside and it's like totally trashed outside. There's boxes, there's crates, there's like... Newspapers. It's just like, down what fucking grocery store keeps their lot looking like that like i was thinking that too i swear to god i was like man these guys who sound like they really care about their fucking grocery store did not do a good job cleaning up the outside (laughs) so presentation ladies and gentlemen is everything for a business so she's loading up her trunk with beers as well and this is where we get our first kill so there's a shadowy figure that comes out of uh you know you just see the shot the silhouette and he's got this long ass fucking carving knife. Like the thing's fucking huge. And he makes the stabbing motion just once, but we don't see her get stabbed. It's insinuated that she's dead or killed. But what we do see is like as he comes down with the knife, is this transition to produce Joe, who's cutting the watermelon in half with the same fucking knife. So I thought that was a cool kind of transition, right? So where he comes down with it and makes that stabbing sound is the instant we change to the watermelon being split. And those types of transitions exist throughout the movie, which I thought Mm -hmm. was a special kind of little touch that I don't know that most people would pick up on, but like 
I thought that was oh, like, yeah. pretty pretty cool to add to like the production value. And this is where like Produce Joe, Ted Raimi, with his fucking Coke bottle glasses and his like, um, uh, not Marty McFly. What was his dad's name? George. Yeah, his George McFly fucking haircut. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's always starts, had that. He's, he starts, you know, cutting, just hacking pieces out of the water, watermelon and starts chewing on it like a fucking cow eating cud and shit with his lips all smackered. And that was that scene I was talking about earlier. And then it cuts to the guys in the office and Bill and um, Dave are, you know, Dave. Yeah, yeah, they're signing paperwork and shit. And, you know, um, you can see this is where Bill starts to get like a little pissed off. He doesn't want to leave the store or whatever. Um, well, but, Bill, Bill's hanging on to it like it's his nutsack. Hey, yeah. The guy practically wanted to cry, right? He's like, I've been working here for 10 years. Yeah. I started out. Uh, he's pointing at the butcher. He's all like, I started out just like you, man. I was a butcher and stuff. And now I became a manager. And look what's going on. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You tell he's a little butt hurt. This is definitely one of those movies where you—it's kind of like okay, somebody's playing the role of the killer here, and you're trying trying to figure out why and stuff like that. So you're kind of like picking a little bit from one character to the next. You can kind of see who might be, um, you know, potentially the killer, but you also can see the ones that definitely are not. So it's well, we you know, get a little bit of clarity with that too. It's a good segue because Bill leaves the office and he goes like he has to sign his paperwork. He leaves. He goes downstairs. He's using the bailer to crush some boxes, and he hears some noise coming from the back door. And he goes over, and it's this really cool shot of like the doorknob of the door is like turning, and so they take the camera faced on Bill and they turn it kind of the same direction as the doorknob is turning. So you see both things kind of turning at the same time. And then when the doorknob stops turning, the camera for, you know, that's on Bill kind of recenters, which I thought was uh, Evil Dead-esque, if you will. Like, I, I would see, a, like, a, I, I could see similar shots of that in, like, the Evil Dead movies. Yeah, um, again, like those experimental, like, art house kind of. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. No. So he goes outside. Yeah. He's he's looking to see what the what the noise is, and he ends up finding um, Craig like spying in onto the store, and they get in a fight, and um, Bill is holding a hammer that comes loose during the fight, and Craig picks it up and fucking whacks him in the head, and so you know it knocks him out or kills him or whatever, and then we just again another transition where Produce Joe had dropped a bag of potatoes on the floor so like as bill hits the ground the sound is the same sound as the potatoes hitting the ground and him picking it back up and kind of moving it on the cart so again uh, another you know cool transition there if you will um sure. so from there um we get our second kill do you remember which one it is Yes, and I I did make a note of this because uh, I did I must have missed uh, the the Linda portion uh, probably like you said I think it was like an off screen thing so I wasn't assuming that she had died at this point. Um, this is about forty minutes into the movie and it vaguely reminded me of I was thinking at the time that maybe nobody was killed so it vaguely reminded me of how we were talking about Hanukkah, how it took forever to get to the kill scenes. Ah. So I was like, okay, 40 minutes deep. There's gotta be kill scenes coming in soon. Well, so I labeled already. this. 
I, I labeled this as the first kill, but I realized it is not. But <laughs> I will say this. So uh, before we had post-it notes, uh, people would uh, impale uh, pay their papers and notes onto this thing that I can only describe is kind of like one of those uh, uh, thermometers like you would have for meat, but, you know, sitting upright. So the the stick is sticking straight up, you know, the spike is sticking straight up and you just slap those notes on there. It's kind of like a quick organization process until you get gather everything together and paper clip it or whatever the fuck it is. Um, this thing is, uh, is used as a murder weapon when the, uh, the, the killer comes from behind, uh, the owner, Dave, um, and grabs his head and sticks his eyeball into it, which, yeah, uh, that shit was dope. It was a good kill. I'm all right. Cool. Let's hope they get better and better from here. Yeah. And I will say already, spoiler alert, they did. I was not disappointed. <laughs> was not disappointed. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, especially coming from like the Evil Dead crew. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I was expecting some of that stuff. And so he gets, uh, you know, his eyeball shoved into that thing. Dude, I, I don't know what it's called. I don't even know how to describe it in a Google I search. tried to look to it try up. To look I, it went up. As far, I went as far as Googling. Uh, and like a mall. Uh, note sticker yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't really Valid. know. And so if any of you are listening right now, know exactly what we're talking about again it's like it's it's just a spike that sticks up you slap your papers on if any of you know know, please let us know what the (laughs) fuck this thing is because man i i just i never knew what the fuck to call one of these things i never really thought about i would have have to have a name for it until like now so it's like the fuck is it (laughs) so if you got that please let us know so we're ramping up right we've had three kills so far um mm-hmm. and like it just it keeps going from there right so after the killer had shoved dude's eye onto that uh, paper and paler thing he looks out the little cubby hole window or whatever and sees that um jennifer is at the uh, counter by herself and then we see lover boy kind of come over to like hang out with her and start like making out with her and one of the other dudes is um in like the beer closet and he's drinking beers, and then like he happens to see that they're making. God bless out. that guy right there. He was perving out hard, man. And then, well, like, not not for that, but I mean for the beer drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he like he like leaves that like that the fridge or whatever to like go get closer. Like, what are you gonna like? Are you just, like what was the intent there? Like you're just gonna go over there and like watch them make out and like, I don't know. That's that's kind of creepy to me. Uh, we'll leave it to his close quarters. Whatever, whatever was on his mind was on his mind. We'll leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> True. Um. So he he's he's creeping on them, right? And then at now, the same- now when you say I'm I'm sorry, when you say uh, like when he's watching them. Now I I don't remember, and I know they use these later on in the movie, but are you talking about like those? Those uh, one-way window things that these grocery stores used to have. Oh, I don't know. But it's the same window that Bill looked out of when they rang the silent alarm and he looked down onto the store. Yeah, so, like, I... But, so that, before but that's we had not, Bill wasn't the dude I was talking about watching them. He, like, opened the window to see what was going on. And 
so the killer opens the window to see what's going on but then it transitions to the dude in the beer fridge drinking beers watching jennifer and Loverboy making out on the cash register so he leaves the beer fridge and comes over to like the aisle end and is like creeping on him and he starts to hear noises in the beer fridge right and i think i made a note about this because uh not only did we get that really cool like uh impalement kill um but it seemed to just segue right into another one i think i made a note about that i was like all right cool yeah that's what i'm saying it ramps up like yeah we start to pick it up a little bit so we transition you know from there to produce joe who's in the back still cutting up watermelon and he's you know doing the thing where he's like like i could just call it a long hack where like you pull your arm all the way back and then you like come forward with it it's it comes, not comes down natural on behavior, no. but it's intend like you need it to like kind of prove your point in the movie. You know, like I am hacking something, you know, well, if, if you know the Raimi's enough, you know, for for example, these guys, uh, they kind of uh, they uh, how's the what's the word I'm looking for? They they overexpress things when it comes to that. It's, it's it's kind of like a funny quirk of theirs and stuff like that. Right. If I'm going to go hacking a watermelon, I'm going to look like a maniac doing it. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially in a horror movie and stuff. It kind of fits the bill, and I, I like when they do that kind yeah. of stuff. So. so he's over there hacking the watermelon, and then, like, all of a sudden, the knife that he was using gets, like, he gets it in the back of the head. There's somebody behind him. Yeah, the him. same way. Yeah. Like, picture his head is the watermelon. And the same kind of knife comes down on his head, cuts uh, straight through his headphones and straight into the back of his dome. Yeah. Uh, I, it, I, I also wanted to make note of this. It was at that point that I realized who the killer was. I already knew at this point just because well, I wrote a note on that is because I saw alert, the shadow. If you watch the trailer... The trailer shows you who the who the killer is. All right. Well, I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thing. If you watch the the trailer for the movie, you already yeah, know I, who the killer is. Yeah, I I don't know if this was really trying to hide him or anything like that, but I I guess it's one of those things. If you caught it, you caught it. If you didn't, you didn't. But yeah, it was at this this point. Like like I didn't watch the trailer, but I already knew who it was based on the shadow. I was like, all right, yeah, I know that head yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, okay. So. <laughs> Um, so they, so he drags produce Joe away and then, um, the dude that was drinking beers, um, was still drinking beers and then the killer comes to kill him and he's like leaned up against like a stack of beers, right? Like a little tower of beers mm-hmm. and the killer jams that knife into his abdomen and he goes, and remember this is a big ass, long ass knife. So the knife goes all the way through the abdomen and into some beers. So in the front, you've got all the blood spurting out from the knife. And then in the back, you've got punctured cans that are, you know, spitting beer out. And I was like, dude, that's that's kind of a cool scene. Another like, creative kill scene. Sprayed yeah. out. Yeah. 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 I remember even jotting that one down as a very bloody scene. Good torso kill. And all of a sudden, a lot of blood. 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that fact. They, 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 yeah, punctured the beer, kind of shot it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Now he leaves him there, right? He leaves him there just kind of standing with a knife in his gut and shit. And so um, we transition to Stoner Dude. Who's like, you know, throwing some boxes in the baler, smashing those things. And then he walks over to the beer fridge and um, he's on the other side of the beer fridge. Right. He's on the outside, whereas um, the other dude was on the inside. So as he goes to, like, open the door, he sees the other dude on the other side and he's like trying to talk to him. He's like, hello, like you listening to me. Hello. And so he like crawls kind of in there a little bit. And then what happens? The killer fucking drags him uh through the fridge and then over to the baler ultimate dude this one, kill. yeah this one was fucking great so he like puts his head kind of like halfway into the baler and halfway out and so he starts the thing and like the fucking hydraulic starts to come down and it smashes like half of his like the top half of his head um from like the bridge of his nose and up and you just see all that shit just kind of come out. I thought that was fucking awesome. If uh, any of you have ever seen the movie Toxic Avenger, it was very similar to the head crushing scene uh, in the I gym. Can't remember? Yeah, uh, that's definitely we got we got definitely watch it. These movies. Yeah, got... <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's one of those well, ones that like everybody fucking covers, you know. Nah, you got to give it respect. For one thing, you know, they got a new one coming out and stuff like that. We got to give it that much. I, I actually know. I don't see a lot, a lot about that one. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure a thousand people have covered some of the movies that we've already done already too. I mean, shit. Remember, that's, uh, that's true, man. Uh, I've, I'm sure there was like three or four podcasts that that, that um, covered Pumpkinhead and stuff like that. I remember looking <laughs> it up and realizing, oh yeah, yeah, we're not the only one. But what's still, the one, what's the one we it, just did before? Uh, so there was Creepazoids, and then what was the one we did after? Well, this one is after Creep. No, hold on. <laughs> no, because where does we did no because well, I'm editing because right now I'm editing um, Fall Break. Oh, that's right. Oh, wait. Oh, fuck. You're right. We're going on a fall break. We're going on a, a fall break. <laughs> I still don't understand. You uh, that song. Whatever. That's not what it's called. It's called the mutilator. That's what it's called. The mutilator. So mutilator. like there's a ton of shit on the mutilator, too, which, I, you know, I was like, I've never heard of this movie before in my life. And then there's like a ton of shit on it to the point where there's a sequel. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, these movies are gems. There's going to be fans covering them and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. But yeah, yeah. That's that's what the Baylor scene reminded me of. Is that kill scene from Toxic Avenger? Uh, good kill scene. I I was I was slowly thinking about. Are you, you remember that part on Austin Powers where the guys sitting there like, or what what's that thing that that uh, concrete thing that that's like you know meant the to like. Roller? Uh, yeah, the steamroller where the guy's waiting for the steamroller to come crush him. He's like all the, all the way at the like other end going, away. no, yeah. no. <laughs> It's like, dude, he's like telling him, why don't you just move? Move out of the way. The guy just lets it crush him. It reminded me of that when his head was in the baler. I was like, God, this guy's like really not making an effort to move it. And yeah. I understand. Yeah, there's going to be an epic kill, but. There's not a lot of head. fighting that goes on to like. <laughs> 
<laughs> try to preserve people's lives. Like they're just like, no, he's just oh like, well, no! I guess I'm being dragged to my death. No, <laughs> yeah. he's just like fucking uh, just watching this shit come down. It's like oh man. Okay, <laughs> so we are down to two characters left. That's Loverboy, and that's Jennifer. And Loverboy. And well, no, there was actually another death right after the head crush. Mm, oh, you're right. Yeah. The stoner kid. Mm-mm. It was the other Raimi. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the meat he department. Was the butcher. Yes. Now, this I did like this scene because the reason why was like, there's so much potential here. Okay, you got the meat slicer. You got all the different carving knives. You got all kinds of shit. You're just thinking, what's what's gonna be? What what is the killer gonna use in this scene? Because it's it's obvious at this point, he's a creative killer. He kind of uses what's around him and stuff like that. It's always it's not always the knife. The knife does play a role, but sometimes it's even different knives. So it's kind of like Jason, right? Jason kind of goes, ah, I think I'll use this. I'll fucking kill them with this. Well, it was kind of like that, you know, like, so you're like, oh, what is he going to use this time? What do you use, Paul? The fucking meat hooks, man. The meat hook. He oh. t- he picked up Sam Raimi and impaled the back of his head with the meat hook to where it came out of like one of his eyes. And he just left them there fucking hanging on the hook and blood just like pouring down onto his body. It was awesome. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was it was a bit of an off screen death, but we did get a good glimpse of him kind of hanging there on the hook hook going in from his lower jaw straight into his head. Yeah, Um, I I wanted to want to bring this up. I was thinking about that scene. Right. I was like, okay, well, how how cool it must have been to actually portray that 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 corpse hanging there on on this hook. Right. And as it's swaying and stuff like that. Now, I, I I was thinking in my mind, I was like, I wonder if they had him suspended on something or if his swaying was so on point of him just standing there, like, you know, acting like he's been hanging. I mean, because if he if he was doing that with his legs, he really sold the part, right? Like right. He, that he was just dangling and stuff like that because it did have one of those like uh, cool uh, cinematography pieces that you, that we've been talking about where you kind of have like an upward angle of it and stuff, and even a reflection of it in his blood and stuff, which I thought was cool too. Yeah, yeah. So now we're down to two left, Loverboy and Jennifer. And Loverboy sure. goes looking around for something. I don't remember what he was looking for. I think he was like looking for people because everybody's fucking disappearing. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And he ends up in the attic looking for people, and like there's a bunch of like, Halloween and Christmas stuff up there and he's like determining that you know there's no there's nobody up there and then he ends up like looking through a window down at the floor of the store and he sees Jennifer like packing a bag or something at the register but fucking Craig had made his way back in so now we're thinking oh shit okay here comes the killer he's coming to like get Jennifer um and he it goes to leave the attic, but what does he find? Do you remember what he found? 
Uh, other than the Halloween masks, I don't, I don't really know. Let me rephrase. Who did he find in the attic? One of the other victims, right? He found Dave, the dude that got his eye impaled okay, by the yeah. desk thing. Yeah, he That's wasn't right. dead, but he was like, I guess uh, the killer had threw him up in the attic. And so That's why I was confused. It's like, how did this guy everything? still alive? Yeah, he just... He, uh, <laughs> all right. Maybe he didn't so go he all was the way alive. down enough to like impale his brain or whatever. Uh, but his eyes all fucked up and he's bleeding all over the place. And he's like, help me. And Loverboy's like, oh, no. <laughs> he just like gets away and he comes back down. And when he comes back down from the. Uh, oh, no, it's not. Was it Loverboy? Uh, that may have been the stoner guy. I may have actually missed one. No, story. no, 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 no. Because I got Loverboy's death written down here, too. Yeah, it was Loverboy. Okay, my bad. Um, okay. So as soon as Loverboy, so as soon as Loverboy gets down from the attic, he's he gets attacked by the killer who knocks him out and just starts dragging him, and it's like, dude, really, you're not even gonna put up a fight to like not get away from this dude? But where does yeah, he drag? We've him to? seen this before. Yeah, <laughs> no, where I'm does he kidding. where does he drag him to? Uh, he drags him back. I. I believe it's the same place the meat place right the, the meat department yeah and he dra- and he drags him over to the saw that we've been seeing sam raimi use to like cut chickens in half and shit right to cut like it's the saw yeah it's it's, it's a meat. saw blade that kind of goes vertical um am i saying that right vertical horizontal yeah yeah vertical um it's meant to cut like uh you know frozen meats and stuff like that he kind of Oh, it's kind of like, you know, one of those saws has got a table. You kind of pull things through it and stuff. It just kind of cuts it in half and stuff. It's just a very powerful saw. Uh, yeah, uses that on his on his head, right? Yeah, dude. He put he like bends him over backwards and puts his head on the saw table and just like drags his head across the saw and it cuts like the top half of his head off like uh it, it horizontal oh dude it was so good so yeah, much he didn't, blood and guts that he went didn't, everywhere he, he he didn't he didn't go for the neck or anything like that he's like i'm just gonna cut him straight across the face and yeah. he did it nice and slowly too and i i do like the little details here and there where you can kind of hear the motor kind of like resisting a little bit it's like uh like you know he's he's really cutting through some deep tissue and stuff and some bones so so good know. So good. I fucking loved it. I, I did want to mention shortly after this scene, this is now where we see the, the final girls by herself. Right. And yep. she's trying to call for everyone. I, I, I wanted to bring up this part because I thought it was kind of a cool little knickknack about the movie, but she was going from one aisle to the next calling people's names. And I thought it was kind of cool. Cause it was like, it was the camera angle from the end of the aisle but for each aisle she hit, she called a different person's name. I didn't I notice just, that. Yeah, it was just like some stupid tidbit. And these like little things I catch and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. And she's not saying the same name over and over again. She's like, hey, is that you? Goes to the next aisle. Hey, where are you at? You know, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. all right, cool. It, it kind of gave everyone kind of a, you know, yeah, like, you know. Her concern was on everyone, not yeah. just on one person. Yeah, I gotcha. But she ends up where? Under there. No. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just wait. Under where? <laughs> Sorry. Um, she ends up in the meat locker. 
Right. And at this point, she doesn't even know that everyone's dead, right? She's just like, I think I even made a note about that. Is, is, is it odd that it just, uh, for some reason, it's strangely dark in this uh, grocery store at that moment? Like, it wasn't a second ago, but whatever. Uh, she's looking around the store, and she I don't think she knows that anybody's dead yet. I don't even think she knows there's a killer on the loose. She doesn't, but when she's in the meat locker, like it, she sees one of the hooks like dangling, and then this big ass fucking side of beef comes out of nowhere and hits her. And when she turns around, there's dude hanging on the hook, all bloody and shit. And that's when she is like, okay, she starts to freak out. Yeah, this is that corpse reveal moment where right. the you know the, the final person uh, runs into like just about every dead body that's yeah. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's running through the meat locker. She saw the shadowy figure. Someone's after her. She's hiding in like deep in like the meat freezer or whatever, and she's holding like this like meat hook. And behind her, like hanging, is like the lower half of a person. It's just like cut at the waist and it's just legs i don't even think she realizes that it's there the camera pans up to show us that it's there but i don't think that she realizes that it's there what happens is um as she's sitting there some of the meat moves in there and she gets freaked out and runs out um and then she is encountered by the the killer again she's trying to escape um and she like she's trying to close this door and as she's trying to close the door the killer has his hand kind of coming out. And so she takes that meat hook that she has and helps like she grabs the body that's hanging and uses that like weight to help close the door. And then she uses the hook to like hook the dude in the hand. So like it impales his hand and he starts bleeding from the hand. She, she runs away um, and runs over to the manager's office and she sees all the blood coming out from the door. She's still got this meat hook in her hand. Like that's, like her weapon, but as she's walking backwards and like trying to get away, she doesn't realize that she hits that chute, which is where Produce Joe had like slid down from earlier. And right. she slides down. Do you remember what she finds when she slides down? Uh wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me it is uh, it's it's one of the guys. It's torso guy, right? The one yeah. that got torso. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's shoved at the bottom there and stuff when she makes the slide down. The top half of him is shoved in one trash can, and the other half of him is shoved in another trash can. So like, his his arms and his head and his torso are up in the first trash can, and in the second one, his legs are sticking up so you can see his shoes, and he had a sign on his chest. Do you remember what the sign said? I did not see what the sign said. It was one of those as advertised like signs. And then it said half off. And I was like, dude, that's so great. <laughs> Fucking grocery store puns. Oh, dude, grocery there, store horror movie. There, there's Go. another one after that, too. But yeah, it was like perfect. Half off. Half off. <laughs> Hell yeah. So she runs and she runs into this pile of boxes that came out of the baler and it had um the dude that got killed by the baler in it and he's sitting on top of this pile of boxes and on the boxes that are all crushed um there's a label that says new crush proof box and i was like okay i see what they're doing here and it's great i love every part of it (laughs) 
Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, so again, she's just encountering all the bodies. She's running away. She's trying to make a run for it. What she's I thought was terror at this moment, yeah. super fucking cool, was she ended up in the beer fridge where dude mm-hmm. was drinking, and the head that he had cut with the uh, saw, he put it, or he Back took together. a head. He took a head, yeah, and he it cut it like- in half. And then he put it on the beer in the beer fridge and like it, it's on top of each other, like the top half and the bottom half. But then like the top yeah. half is like turned to the side so you can see like it's been cut. And oh, dude, it was, so, <laughs> it was so great. I'm looking at a still cool image display. of that shit right now. It's so it's cool. so cool. Full display of a head being cut in half. Yeah, 100%. Um, From there, she gets ran up on by Craig. Yeah, Craig uh, kind of makes uh, makes his way in. Um, at this point, she's scared to death. Um, she, does, am I wrong about this? Does she assume that he was the one that's been doing this? Right. Well, I think that's the assumption throughout the whole movie, right? Because we saw. Yeah, but we all know it's 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 a little too like we're almost obvious. there. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. So she's fighting with him. He gets knocked out right. somehow, and she's oh by oh no! I wrote that down. I wrote that down because I thought that was funny. Oh, she hit yeah, him yeah. in the head. Well, look at. I as I said, uh, the store is suddenly void of any practical lighting. The heroine finds lover boy. She slides down the veggie shoot. Blah blah blah. We covered all that. Uh, she stumbles into Craig and knocks him out. Via grocery cart. I'll let you guys think of that one. <laughs> no, I think it was. She hit him in the. No, yeah, you. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll let you guys picture that one. So, dude gets knocked out somehow by a grocery cart. If you really want to know what happened and how it happened, you're gonna have to watch the movie. Oh, but... I think people should watch this movie regardless. This is a great one. <laughs> it's a little vague, but. Trust me on this. He got knocked out by a go- by a shopping cart. So I'm just like, okay, all right, dude's knocked out. So right? wh- while she is hovering over his body or whatever, who comes walking around the corner, all like chill status? All right. So all we're left with is uh, the one guy that had been gone for like roughly half the movie. Uh, our good old boy Bill, who owns forty nine percent of this grocery store, forty nine er Bill, forty nine er Bill, comes walking around the corner, you know, with his sleek jeans and his cowboy boots, and he's like, oh, "Are you okay?" And he's giving her a big fat hug and stuff like that, and she's so happy to see him. Well, she was trying to leave, right? She was trying to get out, and then she sees him kind of emerge from the darkness. Well, she tells him too, like you know, Craig's here, and I he killed all everybody in the store. And Bill's like, "Yeah, yeah I know. I fought with him outside, and he hit me in the head with the hammer. Yeah, with the hammer. I, yeah, I tried to stop him, you know. And uh, you know, for her, this is a sigh of relief. Like, oh my god, somebody here is still alive. Um, and then I think this is where the big reveal happens, right? Um. So what happens is like he's comforting her, he's holding her, he's hugging her. And he's like, right. don't worry, I'm going to call the cops. And he goes into the booth to call the cops. And she's standing up against the counter. And she realizes that she's got blood all over herself and on her hands. And she's oh, like, that's Where right. the fuck did this blood come from? And then she looks over at Bill. 
and she sees that on his left hand he's got a hole in it. He's got the phone in on his ear and stuff. Right, and it's all bloody. And she's like, "Oh, that's the dude I just stabbed. Oh, he's the killer. I get it now." And he saw her like making that connection. So then he starts running after her because she bolts. And I thought it was kind of cool that like he was like hopping from one counter from one register to the next, like on the top. And then he like ends up like tackling her or like, all right. Yeah. And then she's like leaned back against this, um, register and she's like, why'd you do it? Why, why are you doing this? And he's, and like all crazily, he's just like for the store. Danny was always a big boss. He always called the shots on every business deal till now. I couldn't let that son of a bitch take this store away from me. This store's my whole life. I had to kill him. The night crew had nothing to do with it. I couldn't let anybody stop me. I guess I just got a little carried away. You're sick. Don't you see? I'm just crazy about this store. Yeah, I'm sorry, darling. I truly am sorry. There's gonna be one more killing here tonight. And Craig will take all the blame. I was wondering what the tie-in was gonna be, why he wanted to kill everybody, but like I don't know. He really didn't get give a good sufficient answer about that. I like, agree. It, I, I figure he could have done that a better crazy. way, like, than just kill off everyone. Now, had he said, like, well, if I can't have all of my good staff with me, nobody can. Right. I could I, I could buy that. But he was just like, oh, it's just an impulse. I killed one person. I just figured out, fuck it, just do them all. It made right? me, we're, all, we're all losing the store anyway. It made me wonder if him getting hit in the head with the hammer was the thing that like made him snap. You know what I mean? Maybe it knocked it loose a little bit. But then I remember that Estevez, uh, yeah, Estevez's sister died before he got hit in the head. So he yeah, that means she was her. murdered by the murder. Yeah, he killed her before he got hit in the head. So that's not the reason. So yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a, it was kind of a weak reason for me, but. I don't know. It was kind of cool the way he played crazy. And then she like spit in his face and he like licked it. Like yeah. He was licking it off of his chin. I, like, I, I, I told myself gross, the infamous lick dude. after the spit. It happens right in some oh, movies. I'm watching like it that. right now. It's so gross. And I just, yeah, to me, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. To me, she, she could be the hottest girl in the world and spit in my face. I just don't think I'd be so easy to just lick that off like that. Like, Spitting's gross to me no matter what, dude. Yeah, it's just uh, come on, man. Yeah. It's like but then again, you're playing a psycho killer, so I guess it all makes sense, right? You know, like you're, you're just kind of playing the part at this point. Yeah. Uh um, So he's and, like advancing on her. She ends up right. grabbing this like Mickey's 40 that's got no label on it and hits him in the head and, and doesn't even break out. it. I know, it's so weird. I was like, I'm like, it, hit him hard enough to break that shit. You could you hear know? that it was plastic. Like, it was right. Just like, Donk. I was like, oh, it's pl- that's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sound guy. What the fuck, man? You hit the wrong button, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she I wrote- told you it's glass, not plastic. For Christ's sake. <laughs> 
So she runs away and she's hiding in some closet behind a whole bunch of popcorn. And there's like water leaking from under where she's at, like out the door. And because she's bleeding, the blood starts to like mix in with the water. And so when he's like looking around, he sees this water coming down and he sees the blood in it. And he's like, oh, she's over there. She's bleeding. And he gets at her through the door. Um, she happens to get Wait, away. Is this before or after? Remember, we have to we have to bring up the Parker thing. This is before. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure we didn't. I I wanted to put a closure to that. We can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. We talked good, about her. Good okay, call. Good. good call. All right. Good. Um, we're we're getting better better at this, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting better. <laughs> No so cliffhangers today. She ends up finding like two knives and she arms herself and she's walking through one of the aisles. He's still chasing her. This is where um, they have a little bit of a fight. And then. Uh... Sorry, I'm skimming through the movie. That's all right. I'm really enjoying this fucking Jack Daniels. Holy shit. Nice. Okay. So. So she tries, she makes a run for the door. It's locked. She doesn't have the keys. That's when some delivery dude shows up and he ends up getting fucking stabbed in the, in the back of the head and all okay. the blood I, is all over the door. Can I bring something up about that? Because I, I, it really irked me when I saw that. All right. Delivery guy shows up, right? She, she's like, Oh, you gotta help me. You gotta help me. Um, see, wait, I think we did miss that part at this point. With that, with the, I want to say it's what part? led her to the door. No, no, the Parker part is after this. Okay, so she got to the door. The guy's there delivering whatever it was bread, newspapers. I don't know. It, it was it was bread because that's um, who the fuck delivers bread in the eighties? That was like a fifties thing, right? What <laughs> whatever. It's, but that's Scott Spiegel. Wait, it's that's a grocery the grocery store. The they they fucking package their own meat. They can't make their own goddamn bread at this uh, point. They even fucking got lobsters. You remember the hand that fell into the lobster <laughs> yeah, pit? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about. We that. forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Extra stuff for you guys. Gotta watch the movie. Okay, so yeah, the guy, the guy's at the door, and instantly he's murdered, right? And she was just running from the killer. My question is, supernatural or not, how the fuck did he get on the other side of that door so quick? I don't was, know. She was just running from him thirty seconds ago. You can't tell me the guy has a quick access out you know, side to the front door on the opposite side, but gets the guy from behind. I'll, I'll tell you the funniest part of that whole thing is like when and not in a prison way, when Sorry. the body is sliding down the glass door and it gets stuck at the halfway mark, fucking bill takes the, the end of the, the, like he just makes a fist and like bops him on the top of the head and the body. Oh just yeah. Falls Doesn't even use the blade. Just use the handle part. He's just like, boop. One last drop on the top of the skull and shit. Right. Yeah, and then he's like waving the keys at her, like you ain't getting out for shit because I got the keys. So she ends up running back through the store, and this is the point where um, she thinks that Dave is still alive because she sees Dave's head and he she hears, "Help me, help me!" And then she comes <laughs> and like he's just holding right. 
Dave's head and he's like making the the sound. So this is where he's got the he's head puppeteering, right? He's got his hand inside the neck <laughs> hole and shit. And he's just like, Ugh. which by the way, there was a shout out to this earlier in the film that we didn't cover, but he was good at impersonating Dave's voice because somebody else like thought it was Dave earlier. He's like, oh, oh that's right. That, right. You know? I forgot yeah. about so, that. But there, there's one thing that this movie didn't uh, didn't have a lack of is giving you context for certain things, like and stuff setting like. you set up, setting you up for later. Yeah, it it really did uh, set those bullet points, and I will give it a lot of credit for because there's so many movies that have like loopholes in them that you're like, uh, uh, they didn't really tell you how this could occur, or you just didn't have the context for that. But this one definitely did. This one yeah. definitely went step yeah. by step. So. And I thought it was funny, right? As you mentioned, his hand is like all up in Dave's head. And then like, as he's holding it, he just kind of turns and like gives him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, <laughs> add insult to injury. Yeah. Kisses the fucking decapitated head. So yes. She, and this is, this is drawing to that, that, that moment we were talking about earlier. So yeah. she goes to stab him right with the knife and he like fucking grabs the blade of the knife. So he's like, like just, cutting himself by holding that knife the way that it is and she's like right at the out. edge right before yeah. you can even grab the handle he's actually got the end of the blade and even when she lets go he's still gripping it right he's yep. still gripping it letting it letting his own hand bleed all over it ah so this is where I she's freaked breath. out by what's happening she starts walking backwards in shock and he starts walking towards her with his crazy eyes with a sandwich in one hand, which, like, I don't even know where the fuck he got the sandwich from. Yeah. Uh, well, it was the same sandwich he was eating on lunch earlier. Is that what it but was? <laughs> did the guy have it in his pocket this whole time? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> did he run back to the break room? Like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Let me eat this while I kill the rest of these people, right? <laughs> Might as well. You know, fucking... All right. So, go on. sandwich in one hand, head in the other hand. You know, just kind of swinging both of them as he's walking down the aisle. She runs away and runs into um, Greg. Greg woke up from his nap inside the shopping cart. And then Bill starts beating the shit out of Craig with the fucking head, dude. Here we go with the the punching sounds all over again. Bring it back. (laughs) And he's like beating him down with the head. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Impressively, (laughs) like beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh, but is this before or after? What well, what I was talking about the uh, the reenactment. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. What are you talking the about, Parker? Thing. Here comes fucking Parker, walking down nine miles, swinging a goddamn head by the hair in one hand, and his sandwich in the other. <laughs> You're playing hard to get. Red off. With the head. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. He he was walk. She was walking backwards. He was walking towards her with, with sandwich the sandwich in, one hand, in hand and the head in the other. Doing hand. that walk, yeah. Yeah, doing and he was the swinging whole, like... both around or whatever. And she oh, okay, ran away. I'm I'm sorry. I must have missed you. It's all good. That. She she met up with Craig. He came to like beat up. Bill and like he ends up beating the shit out of him with the head. <laughs> Long distance headbutt. Never she, seen it before. Yeah. I think. She That'd ends be up, the first one for me. She ends up escaping through some window 
Um, as she gets the to bathroom her, window, yeah, yeah, he left she, it open. She gets to her jeep, and just as she's about to get into the car, fucking Bill pulls her from under the car again. Oh, that's where she finds Loverboy's body, right? He's uh, his his corpse was in her car. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, she opened the door and a body fell out, like upside well, down. Well, she's getting dragged from underneath the car. That was and, at that moment she was freaked out, and then that's when the hands came from underneath the car and grabbed her ankles. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And so she's got her hands under the car still, and he's coming up to her with a meat cleaver, like standing over her. What he doesn't realize is she's got this big ass knife in her hand. So when she comes up, she fucking stabs him like right in the chest. And then and he asked the ultimate question that I even asked, which is what, what was it? You tell me. Where the fuck did you get that knife? Because <laughs> she didn't have it before. Uh, let's see, because I'm skimming through the movie here. Let's see, where did she get? No, that she from? didn't. There was, yeah, she didn't have it. She, she didn't it run was, out with it. She didn't have it when I, she ran out. I feel like that was part of the joke of that, because maybe there was a scene they should have had her grab a knife or something, and so I feel like the guy was just like, you know, just oh, making it. It was point. in the body. When the when the body fell out of the car, it was in him in his chest. Oh, okay. So she no, grabbed yeah, it as that, she yeah. was being drugged under the car. They just don't show it. They show the knife. They they show her being dragged. They show the body hanging on, on the side one. of the car. But they don't show you that she grabs it because they want it to be a surprise. And then she okay. ends up stabbing him. And- yeah. Okay. Yeah. They wanted to be okay. I can buy that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, because. Uh, you know, uh, so that means he crawled up underneath that fucking Jeep, which I'm I'm going to say Jeep does have a little bit of a high rise to it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, come trickish. on, man. You, you really you really kind of shuffled your way underneath there and grabbed her ankles and pulled her straight through with all that might, but still had very little <laughs> overhang. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Still works. Still works. So she runs into the phone booth, tries to call the cops, and then fucking lo and behold, he's not dead, right? He breaks in through the glass window or whatever, and they start to have this like and he big pushes fight. the phone booth over. Yeah, but like I don't know, it was kind of a cool fight where like um, there's just like blood everywhere, and you know she's freaking out, and he's like aggressively trying to get in there, um, mm-hmm. and then Craig shows up. And he picks up the meat cleaver and he starts fucking hacking at Bill, dude, like big time. And Bill at goes this to like, point, I'm sorry. At this point, I was thinking, God damn, who's really the killer here? It's right. like, this, guy, <laughs> yeah. this guy's just digging deep, man. Yeah. He's hitting every possible. I mean, yes, uh, I can see myself in a survival situation. Some dude's trying to kill me and I might be a little bit angry because this guy's been fucking with me all night. So like, yeah, I'm going to hack away <laughs> at him. But now, goddamn, I will every say, one of those things. <laughs> what was awesome was that Bill went to like put his hand up to like block it, and the cleaver went like right through his middle and ring finger, and just like mm. split. And they focus on that for a minute, and it just like he's just like shoving it in there. I was like, oh, that's fucking rad. But then a, a, a nice revisiting. If you guys have ever seen Terrifier two, it was just like the hand scene on there. Oh, dude, I on. just watched that. I did not like it. Tale for another time, okay. but we will talk fair, about that. Fair. So, but then, like, as he continues to like hack at him, you, it's just they're just showing him like tapping the blade on his arm. There's not making any cuts. There's no blood coming out. I was like, 
Come on, guys. You can make that a little bit better. So he pulls her out. Um, Craig pulls out um, Jennifer from the phone booth, whatever. They're trying to get a grasp on what happened. And the fucking cops show up, finally. And one of the cops is who? This is where we get the infamous cameo of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> that always shows up at the weirdest times in the smallest parts, but he's there. Yeah. So young, I, I actually, I do remember even at the time I was laying down and watching this and there was a little glare on my screen. And even at that, I was like, yeah, that guy looks familiar. I was like, God, don't tell me it's Bruce Campbell. I know it's got to be right. So I had to like sit up and angle myself right. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's him. Yeah. I, I was like, well, again, not surprised. Also, he made an appearance in Dark Man as well. Remember, kind of the same thing. A very small tidbit. He was the face of Dark Man at the very end. Mm, I don't he remember. went to hide amongst the people. I don't remember. So. But yeah, where one goes, the rest follows. You know? so, so the cops show up. They think that um, Craig is the one that's killed everybody. So they're like beating the shit out of him, like literally beating the shit out of him. And, you know, she's telling the cops it wasn't him. It was Bill or whatever. And they finally stop kicking his ass. And then like the one guy comes back. He's all it's a massacre in there. Yeah, it's a blood bodies all over. The place. He came back pretty quick. I mean, those bodies were kind of spread out, right? They were all in the same place. And not all of them were dead. Well, yeah, they were because uh, oh, yeah, they say, were all dead. But Dick, yeah, they were all Dick sprawled out, right? Like basement, he was in the... attic, like fucking. That's like, what I'm saying. Dick was in the attic me. and he was alive, but then it's his head that Bill uses to beat the shit out of Craig. So you're like, yeah, he decapitated. I don't know where Bill found all the time to do all this shit. But then it ends, yeah. re- it ends really weird. It was a real, it was a weird ending scene for me where like, Oh, well, we Bill didn't came back that. to life. Yeah. I was going to say like he, he had his last breath, right? He was in the phone booth and he's like, it was them. They did it. And then like <laughs> Jennifer starts screaming and the camera just like, like, just goes all up in her mouth, you know, to do like a close up, and then it's over. And I was like, fade to black. I guess, sure. Fade to credits. Yeah. And that's how we ended Intruder. Oh man, it was good. I liked it. You like shoot supermarket sweeps? You like fucking killers? This is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I like this movie. I, I like the gore. I like the kill scenes. I thought they were pretty cool, especially coming off of Mutilator, where like they had a bunch of like awesome, grotesque. It, it kill was similar to me with and practical, it, very effects. same. Like yeah, because if you're you're not obviously you're not really fully invested in it because of the story. The story really need doesn't really need to be as uh, in depth as it should be or, or as we would you know see in a, like a narrative kind of based movie and stuff it just kind of follows the patterns of any other slasher which i will say this about terrifier 2 i i understand why you don't like it and remember that movie wasn't meant to have a storyline that they, they were all over the place with that but yeah. the, the it was purely for a fan entertainment I guess Remember I didn't know that, that going into it, but again, that can be a conversation for a later time. Yeah, that was, you know, one of those things. Anyways, uh, yeah, very similar to Mutilator. I, I like this movie. 
Um, weirdly enough, when I looked it up on Shutter, I'd realized I had watched it about halfway through, but I don't remember when. It, it must have been some time ago, and I must have been not fully invested because I was just like, where the fuck is this movie going? And I noticed that somebody it, had watched it before. Yeah, and I, I just, you know, maybe I was uh, preoccupied with something else. I was like, eh, I'll watch this some other time or something. Yeah. Um, this isn't one of those uh, movies that kind of stood out to me and stuff like that, but I, I definitely glad we did it here on this podcast. It totally fits the bill, and uh, yeah, it was fun, fun watch. Yeah, coming from Mutilator, so especially with like Creepazoids, and then Mutilator, then this one, like it really got me um longing for those old practical effects. You know, you get so much, you know. I guess like a lot of, I guess even current movies are doing practical effects. Like a lot of, you know, you bring up um, Terrifier and the kill scenes in those movies are really grotesque and like violent and gruesome and like gory. And I like that stuff. I like the idea of like putting that makeup together and pumping the blood and like, you know, just seeing how far you can take it without interjection of like CGI shit, you know, it's like, that's yeah. like the creative mind and willpower, like at its strongest. And to watch this cast, right? Uh, yeah, Bruce Campbell's in it for like two seconds, but like the Raimi brothers and like just that style is there that that you can feel how much fun they had putting this shit together in this movie by the level of creativity that they put into the kill scenes. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, damn, I wish we could do some shit like that. You know what I mean? No, we can. It, we can. But it's what and makes it's not me that love hard these anymore. movies. It's what makes me love these types of movies. Yeah. And remember, this style of movie has not died. A lot of people think it has. A lot of people think that that like CGI has replaced everything. I'm not saying all CGI is bad. I've seen some very good CGI and some that ages well and stuff. But uh, a friend of mine said it best, and she told me that practical practical effects will never age as badly as CGI. And I was like, holy shit. Like, you can look back at old movies that had CGI and stuff like that, and you're like, God, that doesn't look as cool as when I first saw it and stuff like right. that. But Especially when you watch it on, like, never tricky that way. a 4K television and, like, Ultra HD or Blu-ray or whatever, right. and you're like, ugh. That looks weird as shit. Right. Look like like I feel like I'm watching like fucking like Roger Rabbit or something. Like like <laughs> cartoon versus like reality yeah, kind of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean yeah, some of the later CGI, yeah, it, it seems timeless and stuff like that. But remember, it all came from one place. It all came from a certain art. And I, I, I do remember a time that I worked at a gas station, a buddy of mine, Moises, he uh he kind of shared my views with the movies and stuff. And I would bring in my Fangoria magazines. My uncle's a subscriber. And when he's finished with the magazines, he'll pass them on to me. I therefore collect them afterward. And I, I like to browse through the articles and stuff and read all about it. And you just see these pictures of like these effects people, like, like just down the, down there on a torso, just carefully coloring in like the different, you know, innards and stuff like that. And we we're both looking at this going, God, how fun would that be? Right? Like you're just sitting there 
probably laughing about some shit like this looks fucking gross and like just trying to fucking make it as bad as possible. Yeah. You gotta have some kind of sick sense of humor for that. So and God bless these people that that like put put the uh their efforts into it and stuff like that. And like I uh, this this is a type the style of movie that I don't think will ever die. Yeah, there will always be an art form for it, and there will always be um, people like students of 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 effects, like the love of, of effects that will keep this stuff alive. And there'll and, be people like you and I to sit around and watch it and gush over it, and, and yeah, and embrace it for what it is. <laughs> because for us. It might as well be gift wrapped, right? Because this shit is just fucking awesome. There you go. We, we love this shit. All right, Matthew. Good one, man. All right, bud. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Till the next one, dude. Till the next one. All right, everybody. everybody. Good night. You Mutant can find City us Horror. on Instagram at Mutant City Horror. Spotify is where you're probably listening to this. And then you can email the show at. Uh, MutantCityHorror at gmail.com. See you on the next one, Matthew. Absolutely. You have a good night, my friend. Later. All right.